0: for you to feel like you belong, even if you never believe. And so thank you again for listening. And I hope today's message encourages you and helps you. Hey, what's up, Center Point? Thank you so much for joining us on this special online experience. My name is Bryant, Lee Pastor of Center Point. It's my oh, wife Nicole. I'm
1: Nicole. Yep. yep. I didn't know if you're gonna have me introduce myself, but you no, keep going. There
0: you go. So uh, this is a special <laughs> online experience this weekend because we are having no services, we call it Sabbath Sunday. And it's really an opportunity for us to really remember what this weekend is about, those who've um, made the ultimate sacrifice. Also give you time with family and it's a really huge thank you for us to our bridge builders who are those who uh, volunteer to serve at Centerpoint and they do it weekend, week out, so incredibly faithful. So wherever you're at, on a back porch, by a pool, Uh, listening or watching, man, we're so glad. Uh, A couple things real quick, next weekend, we start a brand new series called Love Where You Live. Mm. Super excited about this, and we say it all the time, like the heart of our church is really investing in a bite. The relationships we have around us, taking 30 seconds of courage to invite somebody to come, and every weekend we see and hear about stories of life change. So Love Where You Live starts. Next week, we'll be back in person. And then last thing is this, if you're brand new with us, we'd love to connect with you. This week we don't have any online hosts, which we normally do on Facebook, um, YouTube, on the app, wherever else. But here's what you can do is can, uh, text CenterPoint to 94000. Mm. We'll send you a link. Um, if you're brand new here, we'd love to send you a gift. If you've got any feedback um, or you just need to connect with us in other ways through a prayer request or whatever, just text CenterPoint to 94000. So yes. with that said,
1: with that said let's we're dive talking in.
0: about baby monsters because we're in part two of the series called Baby Monsters, and the whole idea of the series is just this, is that the littlest things have the power to kill the biggest dreams. And that is especially true in relationships. like A lot of times it's those little things in relationships that are left unchecked. It's subtle, it's below the surface, it's not that big a deal, nobody's gonna call you on it. And over time though, if you do not destroy and identify those things in their infancy. Like those little monsters grow up and they can sabotage, they can kill your relationship. So today, what we wanna talk about specifically is kind of four baby monsters that I think we would entitle kind of four lies that we easily believe that can lead us off track. And,
1: And I do think like specifically in marriages, like. Um, and in any really kind of relationship, it's easy to get into autopilot. Mm-hmm. It's easy to just coast to get comfortable. And I think that's when we um, inadvertently start to believe and buy into these lies. And so yeah. I think every once in a while, like, even if you're at a good place in your relationships, um, still tune in to this because um, as we go through these couple of lies, mm-hmm. um, you may start to realize, like, gosh, man, I didn't even realize that I'd been buying yeah. into this lie, you know? Um, yeah. so. And That's a great
0: point because that is the point is even when it's good. (laughs) It's a great
1: point because that is the point.
0: Yeah, Yeah. because you can just like you get on autopilot and you ignore those little things and that's how it starts. Well, and especially
1: during busy seasons or seasons with kids or, you know, seasons with a lot of change or whatever. Um, you know, your, your, your relationship kind of just gets into survival mode. Um, and so we really want to just kind of go through these, I think there are five lives. Yeah, I
0: said four, but there's five. Yeah. to. I mean, it's probably a hundred, (laughs) but we're going to talk about To
1: help you go from surviving to really thriving in your relationships. Now,
0: here's the thing. I think it's important. Yeah. Like, it's never going to be perfect. Like, sin entered the world and jacked up everything. And so... Um, healthy is not perfect. Yes. Like us driving over here, Nicole was driving because I had to go over some notes for another video shoot, and we were arguing on the way. Because he was clinging
1: um, to the like arm handle, and I was like, this is a little over dramatic. Like he was like clinging to it and like just staring at me and I was like, This is a perfect
0: like, point. It was like we were yeah. coming up on <laughs> cars that were stopped, and we were like we were coming in hot. Like the car was not I- stopping. And so Somehow I needed to express my terror, the fact that we were about to wreck in, in some kind of more compassionate way rather than, ah, I think we're going to wreck, which is pretty much how I responded. And it was like, boom boom in the topic. car. And so, but it's a perfect example. So <laughs> like that was us coming like this, here yes. today. Um, so it's not going to be perfect. And so we know some of you are in a place where maybe it's really bad right now. And this may not even be a marriage relationship. It may be a dating relationship. A
1: parent relationship. A lot relationship, of this is going to yeah. apply to
0: other relationships. It may be really good. You just talked about that. Or you're somewhere in the middle. Um, but hopefully this will help you. So let's dive into it. I'll yep, deal with the, do first, the first one. Do the first one, yep. And the first kind of baby monster Uh, that you have to identify, or the first lie, as we're entitling it, is being married or in a relationship Mm. is going to make me whole. And this is a really big one. And here's the thing I would say too, is the church sometimes has this tendency of elevating um, marriage to the point that it's actually above what scripture (laughs) elevates it to. Like Jesus was single and had a pretty good run. like he, He did all right. And marriage is incredibly important, but we have to make room for everybody. Like uh, the scripture even talks about God's not even going to call everybody to that. So in, in your singleness, you're not less than whole. Mm. Like God's called you to something. So I think it's really important that we talk about that. But um, a marriage or relationship is not going to make you whole. There's two kind of myths. Um, yeah. I heard somebody talk about this years ago. Uh, I think it was Andy Stanley maybe in Love, Sex, Dating, a book that he wrote. Um or something similar to this, but basically two myths, the compatibility myth and the right person myth. And the compatibility myth is is kind of this idea is, um, I'm looking for somebody who's gonna accept me with all of my flaws, maybe it's my cynical definition, but this is what I think it is. Somebody's gonna accept me with all of my flaws, who I am, and yet they're they're somehow gonna be exactly what I need and gonna compliment (laughs) me in every way and like our relationship is gonna be great. So I want you to have kind of exactly what I need but I don't wanna have to change. And in those types of relationships, we inadvertently have one eye always looking for a more compatible person. Yeah. But just this idea of that We're going to be perfectly compatible yeah. and everything that's wrong with me is going to be made right. Yeah, and then that yeah. leads to the second one is the right person myth is if I meet or marry the right person, everything's going to be yeah. right. And so what you do in that scenario is I'm looking at like all of the things that I want for them to be the perfect right person. We tend to focus a lot on like chemistry or what we mm. feel. Reality is you can feel chemistry with hundreds of people. You don't even know their name. You didn't give them your last name at a spring break. Well, like chemistry is easy. But this idea of like, i just the right person. Everything's going to be all right. And I focus on getting this dream whatever. And yet I haven't really worked on me. Yeah. And so I'm still bringing all of my stuff, my anger, my habits, my inconsistencies. And and I
1: think this myth has been what's destroyed so many marriages and relationships Mm. in the social media age. Because, you know... um, you were dating someone, in relationship with someone, broke that off, married someone, things aren't going well, you're on social media, all of a sudden you see this previous boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, and it's like, oh my gosh, they were the right person, and so now you've entered into this mess. Um, And so, uh, you know, I heard this said once before by someone, but it was like, um, there's not the one for you you're married to the one. Yeah. Or it was something like that. Yeah. Did that make sense?
0: No, it did, yeah. Yeah. I mean. And
1: so whoever you're married to is the one, you know? And, and I think it's interesting, too, you say this all the time, but wherever you go, there you are. So, like, you're in a relationship, it doesn't seem good, you see this person on social media, all of a sudden it was like, oh, that was the right person for me. Slide that
0: into your DMs. Yeah, yeah. After 15 years. But and you're like, oh, everywhere
1: really you go, there you are. Yeah. So, and,
0: the, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You done? I oh, think so, all. yeah. I not want to cut you off. No, no. But. It, to that point, it's like marriage.
1: <laughs> you continue marriage.
0: Marriage reveals problems. Marriage doesn't create problems. Yeah, exactly. So all the stuff that's in you, it's gonna come out of you, and that's one. And, and again, it's not this picture of marriage can't be great, relationship can't be. It can, but we're all just bringing stuff fix into yeah. it. And so one of the things I think is so important is that it, like in marriage marriage isn't broken mm. Mar- you know relationships aren't broken we are and so we constantly have to be recognizing i need to be healing in my brokenness yes. that i'm bringing into a relationship um, because ultimately i put this in my notes physical things can't f- fill spiritual yes. desires and so the right person myth is kind of i have all these desires for love acceptance security worth you know fulfillment peace all of those are great god's placed those in you no single person is going to fulfill any of those. My wife is amazing as she is, and we have a great relationship, despite how sarcastic we are or may come across <laughs> in know. this saving right now. But no, we cannot fulfill each other. And when when we move to that place where it, if she's the right person, she's going to make all of those deficiencies in me, deficiencies, deficiencies in in me. me. okay. You got it. At least to the place where I actually crush her under the weight mm. of that pressure. And so um, the question really is this, and I think this is a quote uh, from Andy Stanley who I referenced a minute ago. Are you the person that you're looking for is looking for? Like, are you pursuing being healthy and whole as you're yeah. coming into a relationship? One of the things, just real quick talk about, we'll move to the next one, is I think the other thing is you have to really pay attention to some of that baggage that you're bringing into a relationship, yeah, whether 100%. that's through counseling, whatever, whether it's generational stuff whether it's sin stuff, whether it's abandonment stuff, like you have to identify. and, And
1: I'll say this. Sometimes you won't know you're bringing it into a relationship or a marriage until you're already into it. So like for us, you know, um, our dating experience was really, um, awesome. Like good. we never yeah. fought. We got along constantly. That should have been a red flag for us, but we were in this kind of honeymoon stage of like, oh, this is great. And then we get engaged and married and the wheels fall off. And I realize, you know, I'm coming in with mental illnesses that were never diagnosed, mm-hmm. all this abandonment baggage. And so what I would say is, is that was you where you didn't realize your baggage until you got into the relationship. Yeah. Like, okay, no big deal. So now what you get to do is, is you get to go back and do the hard work of healing yeah. and getting healthy. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, don't be discouraged if you didn't realize the baggage you had until you got into the relationship yeah. or you didn't realize how bad it was. Like, do the work now. Get healthy now. That's
0: so important because we didn't have the story of we got married and everything was great. Yeah. Some of you do, and that's amazing. But others of you feel like, well, what's wrong with us? Well, maybe nothing. This this may be the, the thing that God is really yeah, using. In your exactly. life. And it took marriage to bring that stuff to the surface to go, Rather than just focusing, oh, well, I need another right person. No, yeah. focus on God wants to do something in you. So first lie, being married or in a relationship will make you whole. It won't make you whole you've got to pursue your own health and your own healing.
1: So lie number two is that I can have stability without a firm foundation. Um, And this kind of piggybacks on what we were talking about. But um, a lot of times when you enter into a relationship, things usually are pretty great. Um, Mm -hmm. And when you enter into a marriage, things are stable. Everything's going well. um, But sooner or later, a storm will come. And so if you are not Built on a strong foundation, and the foundation that I'm referring to specifically to Jesus' followers is Jesus himself. Um, That storm will come and really unsettle your relationship or your marriage. Matthew 7 24 says this Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, Mm -hmm. like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house. And I think that's interesting. It's not just like winds, like casual winds. You know, we're in Florida. I know a lot of people are listening to us from all around the country and the world. But (laughs) hurricane winds, um, they're just not little like breezy Mm -hmm. winds. They beat against a house. Um... It will collapse with a, and and um, if you're reading along yeah. with this, you'll see those two words, mighty crash. Strong language. Yeah, exactly. And so a lot of times we want the benefits of a strong foundation mm-hmm. without doing the work of what a strong foundation requires. Yeah. And, and it really requires, um, specifically for Jesus followers, a relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, it requires going to church, getting into community. Yeah. Um, you cannot have a strong, healthy marriage or relationship without strong, healthy community. Yeah. You need those people. People in your life and so um, I just think it's interesting too that Jesus in these, in these verses doesn't say if the storm comes but it says in verse 27 when the rains and yeah. floods come and so for some of you for us it was literally within a month or two of us saying I do yeah we said, I do in May. By July, yeah. By July, was I was basically diagnosed with depression, anxiety, and then a couple months later, yeah. borderline personality disorder. Others of you, it may be longer than that. You may have several years of peace and quiet, and then all of a sudden this storm comes in. And so if you're not doing the hard work of making sure that Jesus Christ is your foundation, that you've got community, that um, you are settled in Scripture and yeah. know what Jesus has to say about relationships, when that storm comes, it's going to completely Destroy and, yeah. and you guys won't have anything to cling to and I, and I think of um, in, in 2019 when you know my brother committed suicide mm-hmm. and then you know we had the high risk at risk pregnancy yeah. um, weren't sure about how case was going to do with his heart when he was born and then your mom passed away a few days later like that was a you know we had had the storm of our first year of marriage and mm-hmm. then about seven or eight quiet years and then that crazy storm yeah. and I remember you know as so much of our certainty was being stripped away we really clung to each other Mm -hmm. because we were both clinging to Jesus. And so instead of turning on each other in our stress and our frustration and our fear, we clung to each other because we were both clinging to Jesus. And, And that really made that year, yep. in a weird way, very special and and intimate yeah, for us. Yeah, which I
0: think can happen out of those really dark times. Yeah, but That's a lot of times what happens is two couples go separate directions. I mean, the thing for us is after that first year, then we spent a bunch of years laying that foundation. Yeah. And and we really did have it already even coming into marriage, but recognizing like where we did need community, where yes. we needed help in counseling, where we were believing lies about our relationship, yeah. and where Jesus needed to be at the center. And yeah. the thing I would say is, something's going to be at the center, whether it's your job, your career, your yep. kids, your dreams. And so you gotta choose, like, is it gonna be Jesus? Are you gonna prioritize relationship with him? Are you gonna find other couples who can strengthen yeah. you? Or are you not? But that's really what it means to have that rock. Well,
1: cause you're gonna run somewhere when the storms yep. come, right? You're gonna yep. look for some kind of shelter from somewhere. And so if your shelter is not Jesus himself, you know, you're going to run to the shelter of your your job, of finances, of another person, you know, and... That's going to be what ultimately destroys that relationship, that marriage. So, um, if I had something to draw with, I would say, it, it, you know, this this point's kind of proven by a target in the middle is um, your values and your beliefs, what you're clinging to, and then that influences your action and decisions, and then that influences your influence and your impact mm-hmm. you're going to have. In yeah. a marriage that is centered on Jesus Christ, that is living in strong, healthy community, um, that's going to have an impact. Um, not only on your marriage, but others' yeah. relationships, and and potentially your future children. So, um, anyways, it's not a, it's not an it's not an issue of if the storms come, but when. Yeah. What is your foundation? And so the
0: question really is like r- right now, wherever you're kind of at, what's the thing that you need to do to begin to build yeah. in that direction and build that foundation? Because a lot of times we know, like you know, there's things that are not being prioritized, and it doesn't feel urgent until it is. So what do you need to do to not believe that lie that you can have stability without a firm foundation? Because we really do believe like Jesus is the center of that. If you're single and you're looking for somebody, I really think there has to be that compatibility in the right kind of way. So you just said it, you're running to the same thing thing. when everything hits the fan. So the third lie is I can make progress without effort, which on the surface, it's like, well, that's an easy one to identify. But I'm telling you, like that's a baby monster below the surface because a lot of times we do, in the back of my mind, have this idea that marriages can kind of be turnkey, like plug and play. It's going to work. And again, I think it goes back to our first point. That's it's what like, gonna say, yeah. compatibility. You find the right person, You're The right it person. It's going to be easy. No, nah, it doesn't. Yeah. They can be as right as possible. They may be the most right person for you on planet, but there's still going to be stuff where it's really difficult. Chemistry is not enough. Great sex is not mm-hmm. enough. And by the way, great sex comes from great relationship. Like you're going to have to put in the effort to do what yeah. it takes to maintain and sustain and build love and intimacy um, in that marriage. And so like at some level you do have to work hard for that. Like one of the statements that we hear a lot yeah. is why don't we just fill out of love. Well, if I can be I mean, as gracious as I can be, it's because you don't quite understand love because here's how Jesus defined love mm. in John 13, 34. He's in his uh, upper room with his guys and he's like a new, or really what it meant, a hidden, not that they had never, never heard about love before, but the way Jesus is going to describe it, it's, it's new, it's yeah. different. And he says, a new command I give you, love one another. And you're like, well, what's the big deal about that? The big deal is in this moment, Jesus took what generally was referred to uh, like just as a noun or used as a noun, like just love somebody, which is all about, I feel it, they're the right person, we're compatible, that stuff just works. And in this instance, he uses it as a verb. And so in essence, he's going, I want you to not go feel something or fall back into something, or it's not about falling out of something, it's I want you to go do something. And so the moment you go, well, we're just not in love anymore. No, you mean you're not feeling it anymore. Yep. Jesus is like, you fell out a noun and I need you to go verb. I yes. need you to start loving them. And if you start to move in the direction of loving them, mm. even when it's hard, even when you're not feeling loving feelings, something begins to happen in that. Like this is why this is how I think about this in um, the one incident in the New Testament where Jesus says, I want you to love your enemies.
1: Mm.
0: Like Jesus isn't a liar. The reason he could say that is not because you feel all of these loving feelings for your enemies. It's because love really is a decision and it's an action. And listen, I don't want to, you know, make light of what you're walking through. There may be some really difficult stuff in a relationship. There may be some extreme behavior on the part of somebody else. I understand all that. And there's room and places for boundaries in relationships. But there's also a lot of relationships where it really comes down to who's gonna go first mm. and move in the direction of I'm gonna love you. And because we're not, you know, each feeling a lot of loving feelings right now, but I'm gonna begin to verb you again. Yeah. I'm gonna begin to lay down my life for you, sacrifice for you, be emotionally available to you. And, and, if, and something begins to happen. And if when I can just jump
1: in real quickly, too, you know, um, you and your partner, your spouse, whoever you're in relationship with, you're both going to change, right? Yeah. That's what time does. You, you change. Everybody you grow marries you a change. stranger exactly. at some level. Exactly. Yeah. And so um, I think, again, we're going to quote Andy and Sandra Stanley because these guys, anything they do about marriage, relationship, kids, you need to listen to. But they talk about studying the person that you love.
0: Mm-hmm. And so if
1: you're going through a season right now where you're not feeling it and it's difficult, then maybe what you need to do is start to re-study the person that mm-hmm. you're, in relationship with Um, because maybe the things that you guys used to do to communicate love don't work the same way anymore. And so get Mm -hmm. to know each other again, figure out how they communicate and receive love um, and really start to study that person. And um, yeah.
0: yeah. And the last thing I would just say on this point is they need to feel it. And so you Mm -hmm. can say it all you want, but they, they need to, and love isn't a feeling, but I'm talking about you expressing it to somebody yeah. else. They need to feel like they are the top priority, that I will do whatever it, it takes on my schedule, with yes. my money, with working to be emotionally available to you, even if it's not second nature to me. So that, you know, for us is, it's really practical stuff, is we get into counseling together every once in a while, not because there's a crisis, yeah. but crisis prevention. We try to study one another, um, I, like I, I, We try to, to grow in communication, of knowing what one another needs, like where I need to be more empathetic, or I need to let her know I, I don't just feel it internally, I'm expressing it in terms well, of being emotionally available. And
1: those conversations need to ha- happen When you're both calm, and they need to happen before you start to get into an argument, you know, and just expressing like, "Hey, like when you do this or this, like this is how it makes me feel." Put the put the burden on you. This is how I'm feeling. You're not meaning to do it this way. This is just how I'm feeling. Or like, "Hey, I know you're trying to show love that way. That's not how I receive love." Um, We read uh, the five love languages, um, which sounds like a super corny book, but it was really good for our marriage and for our kids. Figuring out how they give and receive love. But
0: hundred percent. And so my encouragement is just this like you may like you may not need a new relationship. You Mm. may need a new you. And what I mean by that is somebody just needs to go first. And if you're not feeling a lot of those feelings, they can be recaptured. And so don't buy into the lie that I can make progress without effort. Mm. Love requires you to move in the direction of the other person, even when you're not feeling it.
1: So lie number four is I can require more than I'm willing to give. And so I love kind of how all these lies build on each other. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you are in relationship, one of the things that you need to try to figure out is first of all, Um, what examples of relationships are you basing your relationship off of? Um, so for us in the beginning of our relationship, I'll never forget some of the best advice we were ever given was we have to make the marriage or the relationship work for us. We had to do what's best for us. Um, because I came into the marriage with, well, my dad always does this or my mom always does this and, and you were the same. And we were trying to mimic our relationship off of those relationships and it wasn't us. And so you've got to think, okay, what relationships are influencing my view of relationships? Have they been good relationships? Have they been bad relationships? Am I influencing our relationship off of culture? What are those influencers? Then what you've got to think through is, what do you think you need from your relationship? What are your wants and your needs? And have you communicated that to your partner? Um, Because what can happen is, is if you've not communicated, and, and this is one thing we do when we're in marriage or relationship Um, counseling specifically before we marry someone is we ask them to write Mm -hmm. down what are your list of expectations what are your wants and your needs and we have them go over that with their partner and
0: every time we do that it, there's like a, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Or I didn't know you felt that way. So it really is getting those things on the table. A lot of times we don't express that. Yes. Can, those little baby monsters that can all of a sudden down the road go, well, why aren't you doing this for me? And it's like, I didn't know.
1: Well, and that's the thing. It becomes a debt-debtor yeah, relationship yep. where you are silently believing that the other person owes you all of these yeah. things and you've not communicated it to them so that when they're not fulfilling those expectations, you get angry and resentful. Yeah. And then what happens is you're, there's your expectation and the reality and that gap in between, you're not filling it with trust, you're filling it with suspicion. And um, suspicion, distrust, all those things. I'm a, we're going to cover that line in just, just a second, second so yeah. I won't go into that. But it's of, oftentimes it's self-fulfilling prophecy. So you need to make sure that you are in communication with your spouse, your partner, saying, okay, these are my expectations, these are my wants, these are my needs, that you're communicating those. And then that you are seeking to do to the other person what you want them to do to you. Yeah. You know, that you're seeking to meet those needs and to work through those needs.
0: Um, and as simple as that is, it it is so easy for marriages to move along. And again, it's subtle, it's below the surface. But all these uncommunicated things, you have this idea of you're going to do this for me, but I'm not giving out at the same level. Yeah. And, you know, you can't owe me and love me at the same time yes, when yes. you get to that place. And this is a difficult conversation too, because yeah. not all of the things that you want are even healthy That's right, yeah. or you're going to get, yeah. but you do have to like lovingly communicate as a couple. Like, And they're not what? all
1: wrong either. Like some of your expectations, no. your wants, I mean, those are right. legit things. So you've got to have a calm, cool conversation, um, in a neutral place, you know, where you both can communicate these things so that you remove that debt debtor relationship yeah. and so that you can have an unconditional loving
0: relationship. And that's the thing real quick, that thing is so huge just to, to point that out is when, when your relationship does become about, why well, just expect you to do this? Yeah. I just, whatever the dynamic is. For us, we really built on the idea that Paul talked about in the New Testament, of mutual submission. Mm-hmm. So that looked different for us than we had seen in a lot of other yes. people. I saw it modeled really good, you know, with my parents, but in some of the cultures we were in, there wasn't a lot of yes. that. So we, we did have to like, well, what does a marriage of mutual submission look like? But the whole thing is when it's just about expecting, well, you do this, I do this. Well, I expected you. This is, yeah. you know, you always handle the finances. You always do this. You, it, When it gets to that place, what it does is expectation removes all of the margin mm. for unconditional love. Because even when I'm trying to communicate love to you, well, I did that out of love. Yeah. I, I went home and I cleaned that up because I was trying to express to you that, like, I value you. But all they see it as is well you just met the expectations. That's what you should have done. Yeah. And so the downside of like this baby monster, this lie of creating expectations that, that you never let go of or never communicate mm. is you you are both trying to kind of regain what you lost in the relationship, but neither of you is feeling that unconditional love because you've made no room for it. So Well,
1: and I think the last thing I want to say is that you need to be comfortable with whatever healthy looks like for your relationship. Okay, so like Bright and I have a very sarcastic relationship. We say that's our love language. Um, And our relationship looks different than like what he said a lot of other relationships in our circles or that we've grown up with. But for us, like this is a really healthy, confident, Mm -hmm. loving relationship. And we have to own that. And so I want you to own your health Mm. and your relationship relationship own it doesn't need to fit what you've been taught or how you've grown up or the culture around it needs to fit are you both healthy are you both living in trust are you both yeah. living in unconditional love so own it when it's healthy yeah.
0: and the very last thing on this i think when there is a relationship where there where you've been able to let go of a lot of the expectations and just we're gonna, and not that you don't have expectations because you always do, yeah. but I'm gonna try to set those down and just love that other person, give to that other person. What you will hear is a lot of expressions of gratitude. Mm. Gratitude homes where there are relationships where that's not present, you almost never hear thank you. There's almost never gratitude because again, you've just kind of moved into a contractual relationship where everybody does what they were supposed to do rather yeah. than feeling like, oh man, thank you for doing that. Like, thank you for, and and we find that we, honestly, we end up doing that a lot, even yep. something that you've done in our relationship for 10 years, but there still is a genuine expression of, hey, I... That You don't have to do this. Like, thank you for for doing this in our relationship. So I think it's so, so important to kill that lie of I'm going to require more than I'm willing to give. And then the fifth and final baby monster or lie in relationships is I can trust them as long as they earn it. Mm. Like, this is a big one, and it's kind of insidious because I think, honestly, if I put it out there, you wouldn't recognize it as a lie. You'd be like, no, that's the way it is. yeah. But the reality in great relationships, trust isn't earned, distrust is earned. Yes. Like if you're in a relationship with somebody, you need to make sure on the front end, am I moving in a relationship with with somebody who can be trusted? But if you're in a relationship with them, then trust should be the foundation of that. And so 1 Corinthians 13, 7, you've heard this a million times at weddings, but this is so powerful when Paul writes that love always protects, it always trusts, and you're like, Paul, are you sure? Paul's like, no, no, I'm sure it always hopes, which that's so interesting, yeah. and it always perseveres. Meaning, you have the, the potential in every interaction, like, I don't know why Nicole was driving that way. Well, I bet she didn't mean to. I don't know why he came home that late. Well, I bet it's a good excuse and an emergency came up at the office. Like, in great relationships, you have the power to believe the best yeah. or asser- assume the worst about somebody in any situation where you ex- you expected this and then this is what they actually did, there's always a gap there. And in that gap, you have the choice of what you're going to do. And I'm just going to believe that they're out to get me. They don't care about the relationship. They're trying to sabotage. They're just a jerk. Or I'm going to, rather than assume the worst, believe the best that, no, they have my best interest at heart. I bet they didn't mean to. I know they love me. And then when I have trouble with that, I go to them and I talk to them about it. But here's what I want you to get. And there's so much more we could say about this, but... You have the power Mm. over whether you are going to trust or not. And when you move to distrust, and for some of us, it's more difficult than others based on our background, but distrust is always a self-fulfilling prophecy. You get what you are looking for, and ultimately you create what you are suspicious of. But when you decide, I'm going to trust them, and I can say this in our relationship, we go to ridiculous lengths to trust one another. Well, because you've said it before, the
1: fastest way to know whether or not you can trust someone is to trust them. Yeah, you know, and I had a lot of trust issues in the beginning was like of our relationship. Mark Twain or
0: something, but yeah,
1: whatever. who knows? I had a lot of, <laughs> I had a lot of trust issues in the beginning of our relationship, and I remember just telling myself that a lot. Like the fastest way for me to know whether or not I can trust him is to trust him. And honestly, it did help me to start to learn to trust you. Now I feel like we have such an incredible. Yeah, and relationship then you know, over
0: trust. time, over you just build yeah. on that. But, but yeah. here's the thing about trust: is that trust communicates to somebody else acceptance. Mm. And where you have acceptance, you have intimacy. And for some of us in our relationships where there is a lack of intimacy, both just in terms of what we feel sexually, I mean, the whole deal, however, you you know, the broad definition, it's because a lot of times there is not trust. And that trust is actually communicating unknowingly that I don't accept you. Mm. And it's making it very difficult for them to be be vulnerable and open up to you. So, The lie of I can trust them as long as they earn it. No, if you're in a relationship, you need to go to ridiculous lengths to trust. Mm-hmm. And it may turn the tide on intimacy in that relationship. And so I just want to end with this verse um, that I always felt like was so peculiar yeah. that Paul wrote. But it's in the context of basically what love in relationships looks like. And Paul ends the section in 1 Corinthians this way. In 1 Corinthians thirteen eleven. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child but when I became a man or an adult I put childish ways behind mm. me. And the thing is how does like every childhood fairy tale end? It's with happily ever after. Happily after, after they find yeah. the right person, they live happily ever, ever after, everything is great, it just works out, it's perfect. And for some of us, like if we were to be honest, we're still kind of conducting relationships yep. that way. Yep. And we're believing some of these lies and letting some of these baby monsters grow. And now we have unrealistic expectations. And in Paul's language, Paul's language he would say it's kind of childish. Yep. So I want you to grow up in relationships. I want you to identify these baby monsters, these lies, begin to replace it with the truth, and it has the potential to change the tide in yep. your relationship.
1: So let's just go back over these lies and the truths that we use to replace the lies. So the first was being married or in a relationship will make me whole. The truth is that I need to stop looking for mm. physical relationships to fill spiritual needs. The second lie, I can have stability without a firm foundation. The truth is I'm going to take the first step to put Mm. Jesus at the center of our relationship. The third lie was I can make progress without effort, but the truth is I'm going to determine what love demands before making Mm. demands. Number four, the lie, I can require more than I'm willing to give. No, the truth is I'm going to choose to replace expectations with gratitude. Mm. And number five is trust is not assumed. The truth is I'm going to begin to believe the best when I'm tempted to assume the worst. And if we would just simply start replacing those lies with truth, I think a lot of our relationships would be revolutionized.
0: Yeah. I just want to encourage you. like It's a journey, not yep. a destination, yep. um, but God can do incredible things. And... You know, we've gone through a lot in our marriage, but we are healthy and whole and have a great marriage. And I think it's one of the things that we're so passionate about because we did walk through some really dark times early on. And so I just want to encourage you, you can sow and reap your way into something better. It is possible. And for some of you- It's never too
1: early and it's never too late. Some of you are listening to us after 30, 40 years of marriage and it's never too late.
0: And the thing is, it may be discouraging because maybe where the other person is at. I just wanna encourage you, go first and start now. Go first and start now. And then I wanna give you two things as we end um, that you can do as far as an action step. And the first one is we actually have um, a marriage um, gathering, marriage class um, that's happening this summer for people. It's called Engage um, Marriage, and you can come in, and it's really, really practical stuff over just a four-week period. So look for information about that over the next couple weeks, and that would be a great place for you to start. The other one is we did a whole series was six mm. weeks long that talked about a lot of the stuff in yeah. more depth called Relationship Goals, and that is available on the Centerpoint Church Florida app. Um, centerpointfl.org, our website. Uh, you can access that on our websites. It's all, I- anywhere, it's all Brian over the golden. place.
1: Org, Nicole NicoleGolden.org. Yeah. So
0: that'd be a great place to, yep. to go and start as well. So go access that content and be willing to just take a step. And then last thing is, because we're not meeting this weekend, thank you for all of you who are um, a part of this movement, who are giving financially, who continue to give this weekend, even as we're not meeting mm-hmm. physically. You're you're having a massive, massive impact. So thank you so much for what you're doing. And uh, as we end, would you just close this in yeah, prayer and pray absolutely. for those who are watching?
1: Jesus, first of all, we just want to thank you um, for an opportunity to celebrate um, and, and to be grateful for those who paid the ultimate sacrifice God for our freedom. And Lord, I pray for families um, this weekend that are celebrating with empty chairs and seats and Um, who are missing loved ones, God, I I just pray that you would just be near them, comfort them, encourage them. Um, God, thank you again for their sacrifice um, and their willingness to allow their loved ones to really fight for our freedom. Mm. God, we pray um, just over all of those who are listening and tuning in this weekend, God, who maybe are feeling very alone in their relationship or feeling very discouraged, very fearful, Um, anxiety ridden over it. God, I pray that you would just give them the courage to go first and to start now. Lord, I pray a special blessing over the relationships that are um, in healthy places. God, I pray that they would continue to do the hard work of uprooting these lies and replacing them with truths. And God, for the single people who are watching God, who um, have a desire to enter into relationship and, and that opportunity just hasn't presented itself, that they would trust God, and that they would do the hard work of just getting themselves ready, of getting themselves healthy, and that they would just enjoy this time and live it to the fullest, mm-hmm. God, um, and just pursue opportunities to dream and um, to go after things maybe they've always wanted to go after. So, God, we just thank you for this opportunity to be together. Give us a good, safe rest of our weekend. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.